This week, I asked our own Jen Akins to pound the table for a best ball stack this season. Jen, which stack you pounded the table for? This week, I am pounding the table for the Detroit Lions stack. All of it. Give me all of them. Give me Amon Ra in the second round. Give me David Montgomery in the eighth round. Give me Jared Goff in the 11th round. Give me Sam Laporta in the 14th. And you can even sprinkle in some Marvin Jones and or Josh Reynolds in the 18th. And not only can you get all those guys easily, but their week 17 correlation is Dallas, which is a fantastic, um, you know, one, one of the good ones this year as far as correlating both uh, teams. So throw in some Dallas guys in there with it and you've got yourself a beautiful stack. I love it. I love it. All right, go get you some Detroit Lions. Now let's get to the show. Welcome, everyone, to the Most Accurate Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Alves. With me is my phenomenal co-host, Jen Akins. Jen, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm sorry. I there apparently one of my neighbors decided to mow their lawn right now as I was doing the uh, <laughs> as I was doing the uh, cold open there. But no, I'm good. I'm super stoked right now. Uh, to my right here, the Nuggets are playing uh, for perhaps the sweep uh, of the Lakers yeah. to go to the, the the NBA Finals for the first time ever in wow. franchise history. And I know that uh, I don't know. I know you're you're not um, for it, but I think a lot of people out there are probably anti Laker. Um, other, other than you know the nba itself i'm sure would rather have the lakers than the nuggets all day every day but don't care and nuggets don't care either i have so much to say about this i want to turn this episode into just discussing the nba and its marketing and the port i will say i don't really care the the outcome of this game so if denver winning makes you happy that sways me enough <laughs> okay i like it um i've lived in denver for 26 years now there's a lot of very passionate Nuggets fans and they've come close and you know, they just haven't, haven't gotten there. So uh, hopefully this is the year they're looking good. So we'll see. And I do love me some Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray is a lot of fun. To He's been on fire uh, this kid, series, you know. which is fantastic as well. Yeah. All kinds of fun stuff. Uh, today we're going to talk uh, best ball stacking and best ball specifically. Uh, we can probably talk a little bit about redraft and how stacking works. We see a question already from Travis Tarr. Travis, thank you very much for listening. We will get to that question very soon. Uh, but first, I kind of want to talk just some overall strategies, some best ball stacking strategy, what the benefits are, like what it does it work because it seems like a really popular uh, strategy in general. So Jen, just kind of when you're looking at stacking, what what benefits are you looking to gain from stacking? Why would you stack? Uh, in best ball, you're stacking so that you can get those spike weeks, right? You want, if a team, you know, for example, the Lions that I just talked about, they go off on a particular week and you have, you know, three or four um, of pieces of that offense that score, you know, 50 points on a team. Um, it's likely that those players are going to go off for your roster as well. Uh, so, you know, it, it's one of those things where um, it, it's it's a positive where you want that. And then it can also be a negative if you are, you know, not paying attention to bye weeks and you stack and stack and stack and make this mega stack. And then all of a sudden, you know, half your lineup has the same bye week. That may not be ideal. But I think overall uh, stacking is, you know, one of those things that can be beneficial uh, to, to get those spike weeks that we all need in best ball to get us higher up the leaderboard. So are we only looking to stack like high power offenses or some of those like secondary players in best ball that you'd grab? Like if you grab, uh, we'll, we'll talk different teams specifically, but if you grab like Daniel Jones and the Giants aren't exactly a prolific offense, are you still going after stacking uh, those secondary players more than one stack on a roster? 
Yeah, because those guys, whether they're a high powered office or not, they all have good weeks. I mean, every given any given Sunday, right? That's the whole uh, the premise there. So yeah, I mean, I think and and also you know the the good thing about those stacks is they're a lot cheaper. You know, you have certain people that were maybe relatively new to best ball, new to stacking, new to all of that, and they kind of go for you know, the, the high priced obvious stacks and they're just forgetting about those backdoor stacks that are so easy to get later in the draft that can pay off when you're, you know, down the stretch in weeks 14, 15, 16, and maybe you're in second place or third pay, place um, in your little, you know, 12 team division there. And you just want to climb up a little bit. You may have a random week, you know, where Baker Mayfield throws three touchdowns to Kate Otten and you have them both at the bottom of your roster and all of a sudden, you know, you leapfrog the dude that has Josh Allen that maybe had a decent week, but not a fantastic week. One of my favorite stacks there, Baker Mayfield and Kate Dotton. That's <laughs> I a, threw it out there. That's a fun one. I enjoy that. Uh, Travis Starr, uh, as I mentioned, had a question. In a redraft league, uh, wants to know if they're limiting themselves with weekly upside if they have a triple stack of Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Joe Burrow. Uh, my initial thoughts on this are, it's a little dicey in redraft to have that much exposure to one team, but if you're going to do it, the Bengals offense seems like a, a reasonable one to go after. Another one like Dolphins, Tua, Waddle, and uh, and Tyreek Hill. I'm not opposed to that type of a stack either, but what do you think, Jen, triple stacking in an offense that good? Well, in best ball, which I know this question is not about, I'm all for it. I mean, it's tough to get all three of those players. You're spending a lot of money, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Not money, but draft capital. Uh, but in redraft, right? Yeah, <laughs> that too. Uh, in redraft, though, I don't know. I mean, that's an interesting question. I don't know that I would invest that much in one team in redraft. Maybe it depends on your actual, uh, you know, the the requirement roster requirements in your league. If you're only starting, you know, some, some leagues only start two wide receivers. Like if those are your two main, I don't know that I would do that. Um, you may kind of handicap yourself there by, I don't know. Uh, it's an interesting question. I usually don't stack that much in redraft as it is. I'll do maybe one, you know, a QB with, with one of his weapons. Um, but a three, you know, like, like you said, Brandon, if you're going to do it, that's an offense to do it. But just make sure if you do do it that you have your bye week covered there for that team and uh, you have enough depth that you can kind of maneuver, you know, maneuver your roster around. I'm remembering those old Cincinnati Bengals stacks when you had Darnay Scott and Carl Pickens and Boomer Esiason and then later Jeff Blake. I remember those were fun Bengals stacks that you would go after and redrafting. But like you're like you're talking about, you know, you'd get one or the other. So instead of your upside having two receivers go off, usually it was one of the guys would go off and not the other one. So it, it is a little dicey in redraft, but you're right. I, I love the triple stack in best ball. Um, I want to ask about more best ball strategy here. Uh, should you reach to stack? So if you lock yourself into T Higgins or Jamar Chase early on and Joe Burrow, who I think is going in the sixth round or fifth round right now, would you reach to make sure that you complete that stack? Or are you still drafting on value? He's actually in the fourth now, believe it or not. He's in the fourth uh, round. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay with reaching a little bit. Like I'm not going to reach two rounds. I'm you know, I'm okay with reaching, you know, within a round, right? I'm okay with reaching seven, eight picks, whatever, something like that. I think that's doable. It also kind of depends on where you are in the draft and, and who you're reaching for. Um, but I'm not anti-reaching. I think if you're going to take like, you know, like Kirk Cousins, like three rounds before you normally would just to pair him with, you know, Jefferson or 
I don't know that I would do that, but I think a, a, a little, a mini reach, I think is okay. I know last year you had to mini reach to get Russell Wilson, which obviously Russell Wilson didn't pan out. But I remember last year you t- you talking about how you kept trying to complete a Denver stack, yeah, and it just wasn't working out. I think that was the the fantasy gods telling me to I stay so. away from that entire stack because it absolutely <laughs> sunk. So I had so much Russell Wilson. I mean, oof. Yeah, that was rough. <laughs> I had him in my home league. He was my main. I had Dak and Russ. Uh, so I had a rough start to the season last year. It, Russell Wilson. I mean, you know, the whole offense was, it was just a disaster, you know, top, <laughs> top to bottom um, fantasy and real life. I mean, like I said, I live here in Denver and just watching that. It just, it was so ugly. It was such a bad season. Just brutal. Just brutal. Sean Payton coming over there. That's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, so do you ever stack three on your roster or are you stacking um, or, you you know, if you take three quarterbacks, is that something you're going after? Or, uh, you know, do you try to make sure you've got one or two and then you're good? I will. I'll definitely. I mean, depend, I'm not going to take like three stacks of four people. You know what I mean? But mini stacks, sure. Then, yeah. you know, sure. I, I love stacking all kinds of things because you never know what's going to happen. And you have to kind of try out all kinds of different combinations. Um, You know, if you're doing one best ball draft for the entire season, maybe not take, you know, but if you're going to take, if you're going to do a bunch of different leagues and a bunch of different drafts, then you have to play around, you know, and maybe take, you know, like a, a full on, you know, onslaught, say five players from one team and then, you know, three from another and maybe throw in two from, from, you know, a random, you know, like a, a, running back two and wide receiver three combo with no quarterback and no tight end. You know, you just kind of have to play around, but I always like to have a couple different stacks, at least, at least two for sure. And then I try even to get like three or four, depending on bye weeks and whatnot. Excellent. Excellent. And you kind of hinted at it there, but is it always a quarterback pass catcher stack? You talked about, uh, you know, a running back two and a wide receiver three stack. Uh, what's the benefit of doing, you know, running back receiver instead of having a quarterback involved? You know, this is interesting. So TJ Hernandez wrote an article uh, last season. Uh, He has not updated it this season, and I'm not sure if he's going to, but um, it's really good. It's on our website, and it is about stacking. And it's for the – it was originally for the underdog uh, Best Ball Mania. And um, it's basically – it was called Best Ball Mania Stacking Strategy, and he did a ton of research. And the interesting thing he found that – so the most successful uh, stack with quarterbacks that advanced last year in the Best Ball Mania – was quarterback one, running back two, and wide receiver four. So oh, that was, yes, that was the combo that advanced the most. And their, I mean, their advance rate over expectation, so in 2021, was plus 11.47. I mean, that's a lot. You know, that was the highest one um, in that, you know, in that category. And then, you know, there's a, but he has, a, of course, he has, let's see, he has about 10 different combinations uh, listed there. But, you know, so that's interesting. And then um, the most successful non-quarterback stack that he found was RB2 and wide receiver four was was the the most ah. uh, most advanced rate. And then the second one there, just, you know, to throw another one out there for you guys, was tight end one, wide receiver two, and wide receiver four. So, I mean, honestly, you can do anything, you know, who knows what that would be. Oh, good. Uh, Sal put it there in in the comments for anyone paying attention there and wants to look that up. But yeah, so there's a ton of different, you know, combinations. The wide receiver four to me was was kind of the most interesting and the most telling because that was the one that kept showing up on all the uh, advance rate uh, 
Oh, Brandon, that was you. I'm sorry. It was not Sal. That's okay. Gotta give credit where it's due. It was Brandon. Sal can have that credit. Um, That's fine. Yeah. So to me, that was kind of interesting. It stuck out there that, you know, because a lot of people tend to like write off and poo-poo the wide receiver for like, why are we? And like I said in my intro uh, in, you know, in the Lions, I mean, give me Marvin Jones and and Josh Reynolds. You never know. You know, there's also, listen, it's the NFL. Guys get hurt, right? So Teams can be down to their wide receiver four by week nine. And all of a sudden this dude's putting up, you know, a couple, couple touchdowns and whatnot. So to answer your roundabout question, um, yes, I like to stack non-cornerback. No, that's great. <laughs> that's great. And then uh, finally, let's talk, st- before we start talking specific teams and targets, which we're going to get into uh, ad nauseum today, uh, the week 17 correlation, that was what we talked about uh, all off season last uh-huh. year. Um, it was something that, that I know Pat Corain with his $2 million winning lineup, he talked about, uh, you know, at extent last offseason turned to, turned out to be, I, I think something that most people were happy. They thought about going into the season. Uh, do you subscribe to week 17 correlation and can you kind of describe why and what it is? Yeah, I do. I think that, you know, like I was talking about earlier before, right. We're looking for those spike weeks, but specifically here, you know, this is all for, I think in a in a normal regular best ball league, I don't know what's if it's as necessary, right? But if you're in a tournament and you're trying to move on and and leapfrog all these other teams, you know you're down to when we get to week 17. If you're in the money, that can be a difference maker. When you have, you know, it's like it's like it's a DFS strategy when you have teams on you know that are going against each other and they're both scoring, especially if they're you know some of these week 17 correlations you're looking for two bad teams that may we have two bad defenses where all of a sudden you've got both teams scoring, you know, for example, I'm looking right now, just real quick down here, you know, there's a Houston, Tennessee matchup in week 17. I Could mean, be interesting. Both of those teams might end up going off and, and scoring a lot of points and you may end up, you know, outscoring the guy that say has, you know, Josh, because you know, listen, in, in, I know I'm going on all kinds of different tangents here. So bear with me, people. These but... are great tangents and they are salient. <laughs> well, because so. I was just, it's like I have these things pop in my head. But so in week 17, all the teams are, think about all the teams that have advanced, right? From to week, you know, 15, week 16. And then you get to week 17. How many, you know, whatever percentage of these teams are going to be Josh Allen teams and Patrick Mahomes teams and all these, you know, same, you're going to have very similar lineups in these teams. But when you get there and you have, you know, like I said, say a random stack with four Houston guys against three Tennessee guys, and that happens to be a high-scoring game, you may, you know, like I said, go above the teams that that just have, you know, Josh Allen and Diggs or so-and-so and so-and-so and, you know, all these teams that are repeat. So I think that's why, you know, it can be, it can help, and it can also not. I mean, we spend a lot of time doing Week 17 correlations, and sometimes, it, you know, these these games are duds. And, you know, there's a high score of whatever, you know, 32 between both teams and, you know, nothing really happens. But in the event it does, you're putting yourself in a good spot to advance or win. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of hinted at roster variation and having your construction be a little bit different from the field. And and that's a big part of it. And it comes from the back end of your roster because those Mm -hmm. studs that work out are going to get you there. And the backups there might help you win it. So it it makes perfect sense. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at you, Atlanta at Chicago. That, that, you know, I mean, exactly, right? (laughs) I know. I mean, it's like when you look at those games, it's like, okay, like I said earlier, the Dallas Detroit game is is an obvious one, just because, but, but, but like you said, you look at kind of the, you know, the the low key ones that might be like, huh, you know, like you said, Atlanta, Chicago, 
Houston, Tennessee. I mean, Colts, Vegas, like who knows, you know, what's going to happen there. But, um, you know, there's some interesting, there's some interesting ones. And then there's also some gross ones, but those, <laughs> those may pay off. You never know. Yeah. Giants Rams. We'll talk about that later. That's an interesting, but also looks gross. kind mm-hmm. of one. Uh, I'm curious. The one that stands out to me when I look at the week 17 is Cincinnati at Kansas city. Of course. Can, can you even target that? Like just from an ADP perspective? Yeah, but you're probably getting, you know, the, the ancillary pieces at the end, you know, you're getting like the, you know, Justin Watson and, and, Ah. you know, Tyler Boyd and Irv Smith. And, you know, you're not getting, I mean, you can, you know, target, but you're not going to get all of them. You know, you can't get chase and Higgins and Kelsey. I mean, it's just, it's physically impossible to target that, but you know, it's interesting because last year, one of the ones that we all targeted was the Denver KC um, because we thought yep. Denver was going to actually score more than like 19. But I think they, I don't even remember. They're, <laughs> they're, <laughs> they, they scored an average of like 11 points, I think. I mean, I just made Oof. that up, but it was Oof. bad. I mean, there yeah. were, there were games where they were single digits. It was, they, they couldn't score. I mean, they just could not score last year for, the, you know. So that was ugly for people. And I, and I did a lot of that uh, Denver KC week 17 stack or correlation last year. <laughs> it happens um yeah i i uh which which kansas city receiver are you kind of t- i find myself drafting a lot of sky more because he slipped so much it's like that post hype thing uh and any one of those guys could do something so i, I don't know i find myself with him a lot in best ball uh the answer for me is jarek mckinnon oh i i was talking receivers but I yeah know. mckinnon i've been i know you were <laughs> but that's still the answer for me sure I, yeah, the answer for me is Jarek McKinnon. I just kind of skip. I skip the receiver room and I go straight to McKinnon. Makes sense. Makes sense. I like that. I I love me some McKinnon this year, and I've never been like one of the McKinnon stands. Like I've always been pretty neutral on McKinnon, but I, I I really like him this year at his cost and what his potential could be. I went pretty heavy on him a couple years ago when he got hurt. Uh, in I believe it was San Francisco, but. When the, yeah, the, he was the big free agent acquisition yeah, for them. But for yeah. now, I mean, you know, I we'll get to that. But he, you know, he's an eleventh rounder, and he's beautiful. Um, if you're gonna get Kelsey, you know, you start out with Kelsey Mahomes and then grab him later. I mean, that's that's beautiful. All right, all right. So let's talk about really expensive stacks, and yeah. I want to find out if you're Speaking buying of. them right now. Okay, so we talked Bengals a little bit. Uh, you said you're kind of good targeting them, but yeah, you look at that. Let's say you could do Jamar and Burrow. That's a first and fourth rounder right now. Is that something that are you targeting Burrow in the fourth to complete that stack? If I get Chase or Higgins, and and Burrow is in the right spot, I will do it. Um, you know, I, yeah, I will. If um, it hasn't worked out a lot for me though, because it just kind of depends. But um, it's tough to get all three. Um, if you can, that's fantastic. But you know, if I start out with Chase and Chase is what his ADP is like two right now. So, um, it's pretty tough, you know, to, to, to kind of do that. But, you know, sometimes I will even take Burrow, uh, without those first two and then go to Boyd in the 10th, go to Irv Smith in the 13th. And then, you know, I'm not afraid for some, uh, Travion Williams in the 18th either. I think it's valuable that you keep reminding me that you can stack these ancillary players and that it's just as, if not more effective, mm-hmm. especially looking at the data that TJ came up. I need that. I need that, mm-hmm. Jen. I need that's why we're here that. today. <laughs> what about that Kelsey Mahomes stack? Is that something that's a first and a second or third? First for, and a second. Yeah. And it's, you have to be in the right spot to do it. Um, I've done it 
but you know, you have to be in the right spot. If it, if it falls to me, like if I take Kelsey in the first and then I, it comes back around and Mahomes is there, I will absolutely grab it, but it doesn't happen that often. Usually someone will take Mahomes before it gets to me, or I end up kind of not taking Kelsey. Like I'm in a spot where, um, I've been, I don't know. The algorithm for me right now on underdog is, is not my friend. I am, <laughs> I am usually, I have been like 10 through 12. And, and so Kelsey's gone by then. Um, and then I'm not going to take Mahomes that quick on the way back either. So I just, I haven't really been getting that stack, but I think it's extremely valuable. I mean, last year we thought Kelsey was going to fall off and I feel like, yes, he's older, but at the same time, like you just discussed, I mean, those pass catchers are just, I feel like it's still Kelsey. I feel like he's still going to be the guy. He's still going to be the number one receiver in that offense. And um, I think he's still worth a first round pick this year, especially if, I mean, if you want to just get the tight end over with like, and you just get him and Mahomes, and then you can just play around and do whatever you want and then grab McKinnon in the 11th. I mean, love it. And you get that Mayfield Otten stack late and you don't have to, you don't even have to think about quarterback and tight right. end. Right. So. Quarterback or tight end are both done and you can just pound running back wide receiver forever. And then yeah, grab Mayfield Otten uh, and you're good to go. That's fun. That's fun. Uh, here's a Philly stack. Uh, AJ Brown in the first, Jalen Hurts in the second, Devontae Smith in the third. Any combination there you're interested in at, the, at those costs? Yeah, I, I have no problem with that either. I don't know about all three. I don't know. I feel like it might be a little difficult because I feel like Hurts, well, it depends on where you are in the draft. I don't hate that. Um, I do think Goddard is a little rich for me in the sixth. I don't. I'm not sure if there's enough targets to go around there now. You know, you've got DeAndre Swift, you've got Rashad Penny, you got Gainwell. I just don't know. I don't know if Goddard is as valuable as he's been in past years, and he's even more expensive than he's been in past years. So I'm kind of skipping him there in the sixth. You know, as you know, I'm either a pay all the way up or pay all the way down for tight end. So I will skip that, but I'm not opposed to AJ Brown, um, Hertz, and then you know some some Quez Watkins in the 18th. Um, yeah, round that out in a um, contract year. Quez Watkins in a contract year. Oh yeah, year, there so. you go. You have, yeah, Brandon has a really good article that came out today about uh, guys in a contract year, so you should check that out as well. Uh, but yeah, I don't know about DeAndre Swift. I mean, what are you thinking? He's a six rounder too. Yeah, I I'm taking a lot of Rashad Penny and Kenneth Gainwell. That's what I'm doing. I'm doing a lot of that in my Philly yeah. stack. I'm trying to have one roster with Brown, Hurt, Smith, and I haven't been able to do it. And it's it's Brown that I can't get because I it, it's either like his current ADP is nine. He hasn't yeah. made it to nine in any of the ones I've actually been in. Um, so so when I when I'm picking in the front of the, uh, I haven't really gotten middle picks a lot. I've picked like third and tenth a lot. So yeah. Uh, so I I either don't want to take him at three or I can't catch him, but I can catch Hertz if I go early, and I can catch Smith if he falls. Mm -hmm. But I haven't been able to uh, I haven't been able to complete the trifecta. But I kind of like that Philly offense, and then I always grab either Penny or Gainwell um, later. I just yeah. Do I don't know how you don't. I mean, Penny's a tenth rounder, Gainwell's a sixteenth, so. Um, they're both certainly affordable for the situation. I mean, we know Penny is, is not the most durable, but neither is Swift. So the answer may be Gainwell or Boston Scott. <laughs> might be. Yeah. Gainwell or Boston Scott. That might be. Yeah. Uh, so let's, let's go Buffalo. Buffalo is one. I don't have um, any stacks of Buffalo uh, as far as the elite players. I have some, some low end stacks. I have like Josh Allen and Damian Harris and Dawson mm -hmm. Knox and stuff like that, but I don't have any of Diggs Allen. Um, is that, 
a stack that you're going to pay for. Uh, that's a first and a late second, early third is kind of where Josh Allen's going. So you, you probably have to take him at the turn, uh, you yeah. know, when it comes back in the second. Right now his ADP is 21. So you're, you're getting him in the second. I've done it. I've done, I like Diggs Allen and then I'll wait and take James Cook later. And um, Dalton Kincaid as well on the 10th. I don't hate that. I don't, I can't buy into Gabe Davis this year in the seventh. It's just not, I, I can't make myself hit that button. And I, listen, I may regret it. Um, but I'm with you. <laughs> I don't know. I just can't do it, but yeah, I mean, and I'm so, I, God, the other day I was so frustrated cause I was in a, a, um, I don't know if it was a puppy or a best ball. I took digs and I just completely spaced Allen on the way back. Like I just, I was and like, as soon as I clicked on whoever I picked, like it was like a Monroe St. Brown or something. I was like, what am I doing? And like the guy right after me took Allen. I was like, Oh my gosh, I cannot believe I just met. And he was there and I just completely spaced it. Uh, but anyway, yes, I will totally do that. If it's there, you know, I love, I love me some James cook. So I will take him uh, in the eighth as well. And then I'll take Kincaid for now. He's in the 10th. If he gets much richer, I probably won't. Um, but I have no problem with uh, with those guys at all. I like Cook at value. I think I think where he's being drafted makes sense. He's got a ton of upside. I really like that. Uh, hi, Fantasy Football Garage. Hi, Mr. Scampers. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Fantasy Football Garage says they want to take Gabe when they miss out on digs. That makes perfect sense. I completely understand does, that. But a guy I'm stacking in Buffalo is in, in, in the last round. I, I grabbed Trent Sherfield, who I think will be the wide receiver four and push for wide receiver three. There you go. We just talked wide receiver four. Yeah. I think we're going to get like four spike weeks from him. Kind of like we were talking Mac. Mac Hollins did better than this, but we were right. talking Mac Hollins this time of year last year. We Trent did. And we, we were, we were right on Mac yeah. Hollins. We so drafted. Maybe... I, I had a lot of Mac Hollins. <laughs> I don't know how I, I'm not doing a lot of uh, Khalil Shakir um yeah he just seems to not be on my radar when it's time to take him maybe he'll do well Deontay Hardy's also kind of interesting because uh but he just that guy just can't stay on the field like the last few years so I you know I just feel like Kincaid might take some of that Shakir work you know this year that people I don't know um but yeah I mean he's probably worth a dart here and there though uh if you're if you're stacking uh, the bills. I just, yeah, I, I've kind of prefer, I think Kincaid might take some of that slot stuff away from Shakir, but you know, Isaiah McKenzie's gone. So, and I think Cole Beasley is gone, right? Cole He's Beasley, not... I believe is gone for now. For I mean, now. you never really bank on Cole Beasley be- being gone, but <laughs> cockroach, that yeah. guy. You, you get the Beasles, you know uh-huh. what I mean? If you don't, uh-huh. <laughs> um, let's go, let's go Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, both going in the third round right now. So if you want this stack, you have to reach on one of them in the second, which I'm not really completely opposed to doing with Mark Andrews, but are you stacking those two at all? The only way you can really get that stack, like you said, either if you reach or you can either reach on the two, three turn, or you somehow hope that they both fall to the three, four turn, but they're back to back. I mean, Lamar is 31 and Andrews is 32. So Unless you're on a turn, like you're not getting, you're not getting both of them. I haven't si- seen um, either fall to the fourth. No, um, I haven't either, but probably before Lamar signed, you know, you probably, you know, could have gotten both those guys. Oh yeah. Before, but now I think it's way too difficult. Um, and I just, you know, I, I don't know if we're supposed to be talking about the rest of Baltimore now or if we're waiting. I think we're sure, just, we can do that. 
I have a hard time and I, it's crazy because as a UGA fan and as someone that like, I should be excited about Todd Munkin and I should be excited about this offense and I should be excited about the pass catchers. And I just, I can't make myself get excited about Bateman and Beckham and Zay flowers. Like I want to, but I can't, you know, maybe I will as the summer goes on, maybe the training camp hype will get me in, but for now I'm kind of just not, you know, unless, unless I invest in either Lamar or Andrews, if for some reason I can get both, but um, if not, I'm kind of just, I don't know, I'm staying away and it's probably a bad decision on my part. Uh, I should buy in, but I just, I can't seem to do it. Yeah. I'm stacking Gus Edwards and Devin Duvernay. That's, that's well, my, okay. Well, that's, that's yeah. <laughs> and I have some JK Dobbins here yeah. and there. Uh, Cause he's still relatively inexpensive for, he's getting a little rich for me. For a technical RB one. He's still, you know, um, yeah. 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 I I'm just looking at that receiver room. Uh, Zay flowers is a rookie. I love Zay flowers, but uh, yeah. he's, he's a rookie Rashad Bateman, uh, injury prone Odell Beckham coming off some serious injuries. Devin Duvernay and Nelson Aguilar might get a lot of run. So <laughs> uh, Nelson Aguilar, I can't, I can't. Oh, that. I can't draft him. I'm just saying, oh, I'm just Lord. saying, those are the guys, those are the guys that are, yeah. are on the back end of that roster. So, uh, very, very interesting to be in Baltimore. Okay. Let's talk. Uh, I want to talk about the Justin Fields and DJ Moore stack, mm-hmm. uh, in Chicago. You know, the rest of the Chicago is very cheap and very stackable, and I'm a big fan. And we'll get to their running backs at some point, but Justin Fields and DJ Moore, you're looking at like third and fourth round if you want to stack that. Is that, is that value to you? Is that worth stacking? No, I mean, not to me. I feel like opportunity cost. I feel like there's other people there that I'm going to end up taking. I don't have a lot of fields. I just feel like he's going a little early for me. He's a little high for me too. Um, So I, I kind of let other people take him and I don't hate DJ more. I mean, I feel like his price is, is okay. Uh, but I don't know that I'm going to stack them both because I, I feel like if you invest there, then you're kind of like, okay, so then what I'm going to take Cole Komet later, which I don't want to do. Uh, so yeah, I don't think that's, yeah, it's not happening for me. How do you feel about Darnell Mooney late now that he's cheap? Like last year, obviously you paid up for him and he didn't work out. Not you, the proverbial you. No, I did um, though. I, I, uh, I, so did I. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, we all did. <laughs> I think, you know, he's fine. I think he's probably a post type sleeper. Like, I feel like he's a guy that we're all like, screw it. He, you know, he, he did not pan out last year. And like you said, we paid a decent price for him. So he's one of those guys that we're all like, nope, not doing it. And then he's probably going to be all right. I mean, listen, if Justin Fields takes that step forward that everyone's hoping he really does in the passing department, then he should be fine. But last year was, you know, with between a Rod or not, God, I'm still thinking two years ago with, with uh, Alan Robinson. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> It's it's just every year we're just going to get disappointed by yeah. a Bears receiver. I it's guess just, that's the way it goes, which deal. which makes me nervous about DJ Moore now. But <laughs> well, I mean, we're used to being disappointed by DJ Moore, so it's true. Just, he's on a different team. We're just it's kind of the same the same feel, same vibe, just different team. Yeah, fourth round. That's ugh, that's a little tough. Okay, let's go Chargers. Another another yeah. expensive stack. Uh, Austin Eckler in the first. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen are both like fourth rounders. Mm. And then Justin Herbert um, is lasting to the fifth or late fourth Uh, stacking ability there out of those four players. So what I've been doing is just, I like Eckler. I I will take Eckler. A lot of people are are letting him slip just based on kind of the trade rumors and all the stuff in the beginning, but you got to like Eckler, right? What I've been doing is taking him and then I kind of skip the, the Mike Williams, Keenan Allen section and go straight to Herbert in the fifth, Quentin Johnson in the eighth, and some Everett in the 14th. You know? I like it. 
yeah, I just Mike Williams and Allen. I feel like it's, I feel like I'm going to pick the wrong one. So I'm just not going to pick either. And I'm just going to go straight to Quentin Johnson and straight to Everett, which, you know, Everett is gross. Nobody wants him, but he's in the 14th round and that, you know, he's the guy, I mean, he's the tight end there, even though there, you know, there were rumors that they were going to move on from him. They didn't. So, you know, and Herbert in the fifth is, it's a little pricey, but I still, I'm willing to do it, especially if I can get, if I get Eckler in the first, uh, and then I can kind of, you know, let someone else take, like I said, Williams and Allen, grab Herbert, grab Johnson, grab Everett and have that four, four part stack, um, which is, you know, pretty easy to do. And then they are, uh, they're playing Denver in, in, you know, in the, uh, in week 17, which, you know, all those pieces are extremely cheap. So you can correlate there very easily. Nice. I like it. Yeah. I, uh, I, I agree with you completely. I know that's kind of boring for a podcast, but, uh, the receivers, I don't really want to guess wrong. This will be one of the first years that I probably don't have a Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert stack. I usually do, mm-hmm. but I, think I, I have some from earlier this off season, but I just, I've kind of, I've stopped cause I just, I'm too scared to make the wrong call there. And listen, they both may go down Yeah, and we may end up with, you know, Johnston and Joshua Palmer as our, and Guyton as our, you know, very possible. Guyton's still there. He uh, he came back on a one-year prove-it deal, so we'll see what happens with him. Uh, Joshua Kelly or Isaiah Spiller there in the late if you're taking a jab at one of those guys. Right. Yeah. Which one, which one do you oh, prefer? Oh, you're asking me yeah. which one? I mean, I don't know. I, uh, I guess if I had to pick, I'd go Kelly, but I don't even know why, so... Okay. Well, I'm on Team Spiller. Okay, so perfect. That's, that's, that's why. So that's what we'll do. We'll split it. That's why. That works for me. <laughs> All right. So uh, then I want to talk just a little bit about the Colts. That yeah. was the, the the next team that you kind of have to pay up for a little bit. Um, Jonathan Taylor is going, uh, you know, fringe first, second round. Uh, but then you look at Michael Pittman and Anthony Richardson, where you're looking at, you know, the fifth round or the ninth round or eighth round. And so I, I'm curious. I know how you feel about Anthony Richardson in general, but if you grab Taylor and or Pittman, does Richardson become more interesting to you at at that point? He does. And let me tell you, I've got a little story uh, about the Colts that happened to me over the weekend. I was very upset. So, you know how I feel about Richardson, a little rich for me, guy that's never played guy. That's not even guaranteed to start from the beginning. We don't know what's going to happen. He's an eighth rounder, pretty rich. Did a draft this weekend. I think it was a puppy. I was like, you know what? I'm going to bite the bullet. And I am going to take Richardson, but I had, but I had already missed out on, I didn't take Pitt or, or Pittman or Taylor. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to go, I'm going to go Richardson now. And I'm going to start stacking the Jack wagon next to me took Pierce and downs from me. I'm like, Oh no. Oh, yeah. I'm like, back to oh. back. Yeah. No, but I mean, no. Close though. So, yeah. yeah. Miss Pierce was frustrated. I was like, fine, I'll get downs and I'll get Jelani woods and I'll be good. You know? And then he takes downs. I'm like, what are you like? And it's like, it wasn't even my main, you know what I mean? Like I already had a ton of other players. So like, I can't imagine that he was purposely looking at my roster going, I'm going to screw this person over and take Pearson downs from her Richardson, you know, but he did it anyway. And I'm like, what? Like, they're not like that. I, I just found it very strange that this person took both of them from me. Um, so I was really frustrated. Did so, they at least take Gardner Minshew? Uh, I don't know. I Maybe was then- so annoyed with them. Yeah. <laughs> that they were right next to me. I was like, really? Like no one's clamoring for Alec Pierce and Josh Downs. I mean, really like <laughs> to the point that this guy took both of them mm-hmm. without Richardson or he didn't have Taylor. He didn't have Pittman, you know, like he was just, I guess he was going for that, you know, secondary mini stack late. 
Yeah. But so I got Jelani Woods. So that was a Richardson Jelani Woods stack is what I ended up with. Um, That'll work. I, I, I like I like a little Jelani Woods. I mean, I like me that. too, but it was not <laughs> ideal. But to your actual question, uh, yeah, I mean, I would do it. I haven't really taken a lot of Jonathan Taylor. I probably should start. I, I just kind of, when I'm on that turn there, I just kind of end up going like Adams and Lamb or something else, and I, I don't really decide to go with Taylor. But I don't know why you wouldn't. I mean, other than the fact that if Richardson is not who everyone thinks he is and he doesn't have a great training camp for some reason and Minshew ends up being the starter, then you're kind of screwing yourself with an eight round pick. That's not going to play for a bit, but I don't hate all the other pieces. Like I said, Pierce is a 12th rounder downs is a 14th and then you can get woods in the 18th. So um, even if you miss out on, you know, Taylor or Pittman, you can still attempt that later stack like I did, which didn't happen, but you can still, <laughs> most of the time you're probably going to get it. I mean, like yeah. I said, I don't think people are dying for either of those guys. I just happen to have someone next to me that for some reason did that. I'm, gu- I'm guessing that person's team name was Blue Horseshoe or something like that. That's what I would exactly. guess. <laughs> yeah, maybe they were Colts fans. I don't know, but I was just like, you've got to be kidding. Like when he mm-hmm. first took Pierce, I was like, all right. And then Downs, <laughs> like the next round, I'm like, like, I didn't think I had to reach for either of those to complete the stack, but somehow I did. <laughs> uh, Fantasy Football Garage likes Rasheed Rice over Kadarius Tony at value uh, for the Kansas City stack. I like that, too. I, I worry a little bit. I don't know how much rookies are going to make an impact. I think Tony's going to have a couple good games, but Tony can't stay on the field, and who knows what's going to happen to Kansas City. So uh, I like the talent of Rasheed Rice. There's some draft capital there, and Certainly wide open there. I don't have a problem with that fantasy football garage. Uh, are you buying the Jacksonville stack? So here you don't have to invest quite as high, but you still need a third rounder to get Etienne, a third rounder to get Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk and Tra- Trevor Lawrence a couple rounds after that. Um, are you stacking the Jaguars? Yes and no. Uh, yeah, You can't really like Etienne and Ridley are both third rounders, so you can't really get both those guys, but um, you can get Kirk in the fifth, like you said, Trevor in the sixth, Ingram in the eighth, you know, uh, I'm not opposed to Zay Jones, you know, in the 11th (laughs) or, you know, Tank Tank Bigsby in the 14th is there as well. And he, you know, he's uh, most likely the backup there. So um, if you can't get the primary pieces, those other pieces are still there. Uh, And, you know, the Jags, I like the Jags. They're fun. They're fun to root for. They're fun to stack. Um, and they're, uh, they play, well, they play the Panthers. So that could be an interesting, uh, you know, game that could, could be a big offensive game. Like yeah, really could be, we, could. we do not know what this Panthers offense. No is clue. Like. I mean, they so. could No, we have yeah. no idea. <laughs> um i i I called out a few natural stacks that i really like i just want to i just want to say them and if if you've got any that you like i want to hear yours too or if you have comments on them uh this is just where i think adp works out great and i just love stacking so i love amon ross st brown and jared goff you talked about that at the top of the show it's it's just perfect i could get goff late i think it's going to be prolific i love st brown in the second round works out perfect Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones is a really nice stack for me. I, I like that. I, I think the Giants offense is going to continue to grow. Uh, Jones is cheap. Barkley is, uh, I, I think, priced yeah. correctly. So I agree. The only thing, I mean, it's interesting with that stack. I have trouble with the, I'm okay with Waller in the seventh. I mean, if, if you're going to do it right. But I definitely have trouble with the, the, the wide receiver room there. Like there's just, and we all do. I mean, there's so many bodies in there and I'm worried about picking correctly. I mean, they're all fairly inexpensive. You know, all of the giants pass catchers are inexpensive, but 
I find myself kind of skipping that and going, like you said, Saquon, Jones, and Waller, and just calling it a day there. Yeah, I do kind of like a... Um, I have a couple of puppies like this where I've stacked Giants and Rams for the Week 17 correlation. It's a natural first and second round for me to take Cooper Cup and then Saquon Barkley when yeah, I'm looking at the no, back that, end. Yeah. Um, and I just take a couple of those Giants. So in one build, I got Isaiah... Hodgins and Wandale yeah. Robinson, another one I got Darius Slayton, you know, like it's, it's, yeah. uh, you know, I take a couple of them. So, yeah, I mean, if you're going to do it, like I said, they're all relatively inexpensive. So, um, you can kind of, if you're doing, you know, several drafts, you can mix it up and throw in some, some rookie love and, and Jalen Hyatt, you know, they're all, they're all there for the taking. It's just a matter of which one hits. And I mean, listen, Daniel Jones, like that offense is going to be fine. It's just a matter of picking the right one. And it's kind of a natural hero running back build too, if you're if you go yeah. with the Giants, because Barkley's just kind of a good hero. Mm -hmm. And I tend to I tend to draft that way. It's I started doing that like two years ago, and it just seems to be the way I like to draft. Yeah, I do too. It depends, you know, it depends where I am in the draft, of course, and and who you end up with. If I like I said, if I'm kind of on the back end turn, um, I sometimes will end up kind of going zero RB ish. Um, depending on who's there. Like if Eckler happens to fall there, I will grab him and then go here RB. Um, but if like Saquon and, and Eckler are gone, um, then I will probably go zero RB. Yeah. I, um, yeah, that makes sense. I, I picking late too. It's, it's hard to pass up Adams and lamb. Like it's really hard to pass. Yeah, that. <laughs> I mean, and it's like, I'm not gonna, I don't. Yeah. I mean, and sometimes, you know, depends on who's there or not. Um, but it's like, I'm not going to reach for Chubb there. So I'm just going to take, you know, running era wide receivers. And Dallas is an easier stack because Dak is cheap this year. So he used He's to be a lot more cheap. expensive. Yes. That's another one. That's an easy stack mm -hmm. for me. Uh, Pollard's a little expensive for me, but you can get those ancillary pieces. Yeah. Pollard is, um, is pricey and he's not getting any cheaper. Mm -hmm. Uh, at all. But then again, it's like, once you get past there, then everyone else, you know, Gallup is really cheap. And Cooks. Uh, Brandon Cooks is really cheap. And um, whoever they're, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, is it Schoonmacher? They're the rookie. Schoonmacher's their rookie. And then they've still got, is it Jake, Jake Ferguson? Ferguson? They've still got yeah. running around there. So mm -hmm. we'll see. We'll see what happens at the tight end position there. So uh, who knows? And, you know, and if you really want to get, um, just get crazy about it, you know, there's, there's a little deuce back there for you. you know? Yeah, true. <laughs> True. Who probably won't play it down this year, but I'm rooting for the kid anyway. So. Listen, you never know with Jerry, right? You never know what's going to happen there. He may um, all of a sudden be the featured back. Uh, do you love the Dolphin stacks as much as I do? I, I kind of like everyone where they're going, and it's fun to piece together a few of those running backs and, a, you know, grab Tua. I do. I, you know, Tua... I want, like, I'm scared. I'm scared of Tua. Like I want, and I, and listen, I've taken him plenty and it's easy to stack because he is pretty cheap because other people are scared as well. Um, you know, he's one hit away from not playing, you know, and I know he's like fully healed now and he's fine. But after what we saw last year, it's a little scary to invest in him, but it's easy to do. You can take Hill and you can take Waddle and you can take him and you can take all the running backs. Uh, you know, so I do feel like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like them and I take them and Baltimore week 17 correlation is an interesting mm -hmm. stack to load up on. Just that is kind of interesting. And that is in, is it, that is in Baltimore. It's in Baltimore. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, weather could be in play yes. there, but 
you know, just looking at what happened the last time those two teams met up. So no, totally. <laughs> um, and then uh, I just want to talk about Alave and Carr, Derek Carr and Chris Alave. That's uh, the last one that I think is just like a natural stack. Alave, I don't mind paying up for a little bit. You can get Derek Carr pretty late. Yeah, uh, you know, that's a nice stack that I like. I like it too, and I, you know, you know, I love me some Juwan Johnson. So yep. throw that in there all day uh, for me. Uh, I haven't, you know, it's interesting. Taysom Hill. Uh, I should probably draft him and I just don't, <laughs> but you know, he's the perfect best ball guy because he's got those random spike weeks where he'll get three touchdowns off gadget plays in one week for some weird reason. And then he doesn't do anything else for the rest of the time. And I knew that was coming, Sal, um, but I just haven't really, I've been, I've been taking a lot of Juwan Johnson and you know, now they have Foster Moreau, which I don't know, you know, supposedly he is ready to go for this season. Um, so that might throw a wrench in my Juwan Johnson love because I have a lot of it. But um, you so know. Taysom Hill is really uh, cheap. Fantasy Football Garage likes Taysom over Juwan Johnson. Yeah. That's fair enough. I, I my thing is, I wonder if with Derek Carr there, I wonder if he's going to get the same amount of gadget plays. But if he was, if he, if you had to pay up for him, I'd probably be out on Hill because he's yeah, so he's cheap, cheap. He's going to be on a lot of my roster. No, he's totally cheap, and I just I've been I just have been taking Juwan instead, but I need to flip that for a little bit and balance out my, my portfolio. Yeah. yeah if, or you, both. if you've got a three tight end build. So. Right. Which I usually do because I usually don't pay for tight I'm, ends. I'm, I'm the same way. It, it ends I'm up usually like three between rounds, like 13 and 16. I'll just like, <laughs> you know, Oh, absolutely. Um, any uh, natural stacks before I get into some of the value teams, like any uh, natural stacks that you just happen to love. No, I think you covered them all. I mean, the lamb. Yeah, we talked about. Yeah, I think you've covered pretty much all the all the good ones. I didn't talk mm -hmm. Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins. That seems pretty natural to me too. But it's just I'm I rarely get Jefferson. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to be in the one one. Like yep. he does. Nobody else. No one goes there other than him. So you have to be in the one one, and you have to kind of get him. And you know, if you do, I don't. You know, there's a lot there. You can you can add Addison. You know, Hawkinson, I mean, of course, but those guys are expensive. Hawkinson and Jefferson are both expensive, but um, Kirk is not. So you can easily do that if, uh, but like you said, you have to be in the one one or you're not getting Jefferson unless you have some, you know, random that takes like McCaffrey first or Chase first. You get like a Bengals fan or something uh, ahead of you. But for the most part, you have to be in the one one. Yeah, I think he's gone 1.01 on everyone I've been in. <laughs> so, and I and it sounds like he's going to be doing that for redraft too, not just best ball, which is interesting. I I can't remember the last time there was a a consensus receiver at number one overall. I, maybe never. Um, I know Antonio Brown came close. One yeah, year. I can't remember. I mean, it's been McCaffrey for a while, and then it was Taylor. You know, in between when when McCaffrey got hurt, but I, I can't even remember before that. My mind is not. Todd Gurley was was before that, right? Todd Gurley was a one point oh one. Yeah, yeah. I just can't remember the consensus being a receiver. It's just been a long time, but it's been a while. But um, he's definitely, uh, it's definitely Jefferson across the board. All kinds of fun stuff. Um, any value? So value teams, there's there's certain teams I can't stop stacking because they're so cheap and I just kind of look forward to it. Um, any teams that kind of stand out to you, teams that you just can't stop stacking? Um, as far as you mean like value stacks yep. or whatever? You know, I like I like the Steelers. I, I, I can't uh, – I, I, I find myself taking a lot of Steelers. They're, they're cheap. I mean, first of all, Najee is cheap based on his situation. I mean, he's not cheap, cheap in the grand scheme of things. He's a fourth rounder, but still like for his potential workload, 
for an improved offensive line. Like I think, you know, for him being healthy this, this year, I think Najee's probably a steal in the fourth round. And then you've got Pickens in the sixth. You've got Deontay Johnson in the seventh, Fryermuth in the 10th. And then, you know, I love me some Darnell Washington in the 18th. I have no yeah. problem throwing a stab at him in case Fryermuth, um, unfortunately, you know, has another concussion or something, but uh, yeah. So the Steelers, I like, uh, you know, I kind of like the commanders. I'm going to no. whisper that really slow. Like, no, yeah. I, I like it. I mean, I, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can pay for Terry. He is cheaper than he has been. Uh, but I, you know, I'll take some Dotson in the seventh, some Gibson in the 11th, you know, there's I mean, hopefully the rumors, right. Of, of him having a more pass catching role with the enemy there. Hopefully that comes true. Right. So we get Gibson and he's super cheap in the 11th and Dotson. And then, you know, I wish I can't, I can't make myself draft Logan Thomas though. Again, like I just, I can't do it. I wish they had a better, uh, I wish they had a better tight option for me to, to, to slide into those cheap stacks. But, um, you know, I don't, yeah, I, I can't say that I love the commanders as, as a, as an organization, but I will say that, uh, I, I you know, they're so cheap and easy to stack. I've got some Dotson Gibson Howell. I've right? got some of that. Now you I mean, you pick Brissett, right? I've been taking Brissett a lot. Yeah. I I need to kind of flip because I know at least at the moment they're saying that Howell is the guy. So uh, I feel like I should probably add some add some Howell into the mix of my of my teams. But I do have plenty of Brissett from earlier. Uh, this Howell week. Howell ran in two touchdowns against Dallas. That's just uh. If, if he's going to do stuff like that, I, uh, you know, as in those late builds anyway, I'm, I'm interested in Washington. I kind of like that. And I think, I think Terry rebounds a little bit. I, I've been stacking the Panthers a lot because there's such an unknown that it's driven the cost down so much. And so we have guys like Miles Sanders, who's an RB one that you yeah, can get in the fifth what, rounder. Six, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fifth rounder. That's yeah. right. So um, it's, it's great. And then all those receiving pass catchers, they're all, you know, with ADPs beyond 120, Jonathan oh, yeah. Mingo, the rookie, Adam Thielen, DJ Chark. So I, I've been grabbing a few of those guys yeah. and I don't have a problem taking Bryce Young. Hayden I think Hurst. he'll take over at some point. So, <laughs> yeah, you got Hayden Hurst in the 17th and you, you know, you can always get some Andy Dalton in the 18th too. For if the, you want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, for the, for the beginning. Cause he may, you know, he may start and he may, you know, he may have the reins for a little bit. Uh, depending on how you know young does at camp but we may see andy dalton for the first four or five games very possible uh, and if you grab him in the last round and he has a couple good weeks you know that could set you apart which i will say about that um i agree with you i think it's worth worth taking some stabs at andy dalton mm-hmm. i also think it's nice to buy the dip on bryce young because at pick 169 this reminds me of when justin herbert fell because to taylor was there mm. sure to taylor did start but i think I, I think we may have let Herbert fall a little further yeah. than we should have thinking, Oh, he's not going to start right away. And I'm, I'm kind of making the same mistake with Anthony Richardson, except the difference is Richardson is expensive. Right. Bryce young is really cheap and he's, no, he is. he's a 15th he's, rounder right now. And he's super mobile. Mm-hmm. And so I, I feel like buying a dip on young and having some exposure to both young and Dalton on different lineups and different builds is a good idea. Cause if young, if we knew young was going to be the day one starter, I guarantee his ADP would fly up. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, you know, if you have to wait four weeks for your quarterback two to suddenly become a dual threat fantasy gem, I got, I'm kind of a fan. They're so yeah. cheap. I mean, in best ball. Absolutely. I mean, in redraft, I'm not touching him, you know, by with anything because he'll be there on the waiver wire. If, if, you know, if that comes to fruition, but 
in best ball absolutely i mean yeah yeah i absolutely yeah this is definitely best ball talk at the moment no of course <laughs> um another one that we can talk about real quick uh is the packers i oh, mean yeah. we don't you know jordan love is kind of a mystery right and and christian watson is is expensive i mean he's a fourth rounder but after that you know everything's pretty cheap i mean even aaron jones has fallen all the way to the fifth round yeah people don't seem to want to touch him uh and dylan is a ninth rounder which uh you know oh mr scampers we'll talk about that in a second <laughs> um but yeah you got romeo dobbs is a 12th love is a 13th you know rookie jalen reed's a 14th and then you got both rookie tight ends luke musgrave and tucker crafter 18th rounders like throw a thing with that and love they're super easy to do uh you know, and they, they play Minnesota in week 17. So that's also a stack that you can kind of, if you get Jefferson, you know, super easy to grab some of those late uh, Packer pass catchers. Yeah. I, I like that. I do a lot of that week 17 green Bay, Minnesota, even if I don't get Jefferson, you know, mm -hmm. I'll try to grab, oh, yeah. I'll try to grab like, you know, Madison and Hawkinson and cousins yeah. or something like that. And then I'll, I'll pair them up with some Packers. I enjoy that. I like Jaden Reed. He might stink. He might be nothing. But he also has he also profiles as like a solid deep threat Z receiver that mm -hmm. can get those splash plays. So I really like Jaden Reed. I mean, Jordan Love may stink, and then he all might. of this is for naught. Yep. So we don't know. <laughs> then it's just Aaron Jones. That's it. Yeah. Then it's just Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon's quads, and that's all we get. Um, so uh Mr. Scampers brought up Stetson Bennett. Do, would you like to uh go on your Stetson Bennett discussion? You know, it's interesting. So I am in a uh I'm in a draft right now. It's it's, it was a rookie draft, but it's not dynasty. Cause you know, I don't do dynasty, but it was just a rookie eliminator draft. It was like 10 teams, six, you know, six picks. It was crazy. So by the, I actually took Stetson Bennett, like in a normal league, I don't think I'm going to, I don't know though. Cause it, it got me thinking once I drafted him, it's like, when you think about it, like Stetson Bennett is kind of, you know, one, you know, back tweak away from possibly playing. I mean, yeah. Matthew Stafford is not super healthy and he's not super like i don't know he doesn't seem very energized and into playing football anymore <laughs> i could be wrong and um, he's got cooper cup i mean it's not you know it's not so like there's I'm nothing like, there you know after watching the guy at you know in college and i i was not a fan right until he uh won my team two national champions you know ships in a row but i still doubted him the whole time just like everybody else uh, but at the same time, like I watched him perform when he needed to perform, like the guy can play football, you know, I know he's freaking 25 or whatever. And I know he didn't graduate from college and all the other jokes that everyone has, but the guy can play football. So um, at first I laughed about it, but when you think about it, like Matthew Stafford is not the most durable dude in, in recent years and he's the guy right behind him. So I'm not opposed to throwing a couple of darts there. Uh, I don't have any yet. Uh, in, in, on underdog, I do have the one that I took this weekend, but it was an MFL league. Um, but I think I might, I might sprinkle in a little Bennett. Yeah. Only three quarterback builds, right? Well, yes, yeah. yes. He's not a quarterback two, Um, and he's not obviously a quarterback one, but he would be a, he would be an 18th round, just random. If I happen to have cup or, you know, I took Higby, God forbid, um, you, you know, um, but you know, if I ended up in that, you know, and it's interesting, by the way, I, I have an article that dropped this morning on four for four, uh, the ADP risers and followers in the last two weeks. And for some reason, the Rams are like all of a sudden rising in ADP, like three out of, so Matthew Stafford was the number one rising quarterback in the last two weeks. I mean, it was only like six spots, but still he rose, 
Uh, Van Jefferson rose like a round and a half in the last. Makes sense, week. honestly. Does it though? Like, yeah. why? Why? Alan, Rob- they- Alan Robinson's gone. They didn't draft a receiver high, you know. I mean, I get that, but in the last two weeks, like nothing's really. I don't know. Well, th- I did fine because, of course, I had to do research to figure out why. And sure. Um, Van Jefferson did a press conference last week where he's talking about how excited he is to have Stafford back. And I guess they both were not healthy at the same time last year ever. So now they both are so that, and then Higby was the, was the, the, you know, the highest rising tight end. So it's like between, for some reason, the last two weeks, the Rams are on the rise. I don't know why, uh, but. Maybe people just forgot about the Rams and they're just I mean, like, oh yeah, that's a team. Well, they were kind of bad last year. So <laughs> yeah, were. people people forgot. Uh, I forgot. I didn't, you know, other than Cooper Cup, there wasn't a lot of pieces that were fantasy relevant last year. I mean, Higby, actually Higby was tight end. I don't remember. He was actually pretty good. Oh, they have a hard knocks type show. Maybe that's why. That'll I do it. Not, I did not know that. Well, that would be why they're all on the rise. Maybe yeah. I should put that in my article. Didn't Thank know. you, Mr. Scampers. That makes sense. Scampers is always good for that. Always good stuff. Um, I should have known that, and I didn't. So there you go. Oh, it was released in the last two to three weeks. No clue. You? No. Makes sense. I yeah. I didn't know. I don't watch that okay. stuff. So I <laughs> it's I don't watch it because it's not enough football for me. Like, it's just it's, it's just more like random sideline drama. Yeah, there's too much of the random yeah. stuff. But uh, I should probably watch more of it too. Well, um, that would be probably what caused their ADP spike. Because I was like, this is kind of strange that three positional. You know, there were no running backs, of course, because whatever. But three out of the four positions that I, that I was writing about were all Rams people. Mm-hmm. Like that's weird, but now it <laughs> makes all sense. makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, I, I I want to talk about one more team. There's several yeah. teams here that we didn't get to, which is okay. But there's one more team that I want to talk about. This is my accidental stack. It's the one okay. I never plan on stacking. I just always end up with three or four guys, and that's the Seahawks because. Mm. They're all cheap and Geno Smith is cheap. And so he ends up being a really good QB two on all my rosters. And so uh, I always end up with like Kenneth Walker and Tyler Lockett and Geno or DK Metcalf, Geno and Noah Fant or something like that. Uh, Are you stacking Seahawks like I am? (laughs) Well, yes, but you didn't name the two that I keep taking. And that's Zach Charbonnet and Kenny McIntosh. Oh, yeah, Um, of course. (laughs) Those are the two that I keep getting. But yeah, I, I end up taking. I don't have a lot of Lockett, I think, just because I've had so much over the years but um and i take some jsn even though he's getting pretty pricey um as well yep. he's he's so, going ahead of locket uh, yeah. but they're still they're still affordable i have they both are. i have they both are. of them so um, i'm a little bit worried that gino will not be the gino we saw last year when he will be the gino from the 10 years before that <laughs> uh, <laughs> but i am taking him because he is still like you said he is still undervalued if he's the same quarterback that played last year you know if it's the same level same caliber situation then he is undervalued at the moment um, so and yeah. he's always my QB two. I don't think I've taken him as my QB one yet, but I've been paying up a little bit more for quarterback this yeah, year. Yeah, right? and I think that is the trend this year in both best ball and redraft. I think yeah. a lot of people are kind of straying away from the late round quarterback vibe and going more towards like, hey, let's just get a solid guy here because when you're scrounging, you know, in the middle of the barrel, it's not it do- it doesn't work. It's been tough. It's been tough when you go up against someone with Mahomes or Allen or Hurts. It's tough. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Any teams uh, you really wanted to mention before we go? No, I I think um, we've kind of gone over, I mean, not every team in the league. I don't know that we hit all 32, but we did pretty well, I think. We did good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Shout out to the Bucks tight end and the Chicago Bears running backs. I'm also grabbing those guys a lot. So. Yes, we did. Talk, we did talk a little Baker K. Dotton, which you know I have absolutely no, no. I'm not shy on on drafting those guys. 
Love it. Love it. Absolutely. Um, well, thank you, Jed. This was fun. I always enjoy this. Uh, thank you very much to everyone who listened and everyone who joined us in the chat. Uh, always a pleasure. Listeners, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Jen Akins NFL and at Two Guys Brandon. Thanks for checking us out. Have a good day. <laughs>